we are on today on this episode of Applications Athletic and Life with Justin Kumi, a uh, buddy of mine. Gosh, we it was right after our senior year, wasn't it? Yeah, playing, yeah, East, playing some all-star football. Well, East-West all-star game at the Mansfield Tiger Stadium. Back, uh, yeah. back when it was grass. They turfed that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, um, uh, I don't know how quite to put it, but all of a sudden the boosters found a quarter million dollars they didn't know they had. That's oh. what I, I was under the impression that's kind of what happened. It might be something different. I don't know. But okay. they were like, oh, hey, go ahead and turf the field. So wow. It's, yeah, it's been, gosh, I forget how long it's been turfed. Probably a good five, seven years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's still, you know, when you when you run out of bounds in the in the end zone, which don't don't get me wrong, you and I don't have to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're still going to hit a brick wall, but you know it's turfed. Okay. So it's soft it's, when you land. Exactly. Exactly. It rips you up a little bit, but it's worn enough. You'll be okay. Now, the nice thing is they can host um, all the uh, playoff games. Uh, you don't have to worry about you know inclement weather or anything else with the turf. Good reason to, t- yeah. to put turf in. Right. So, yeah, Justin and I, um, we met, gosh, East West All-Star Game. You uh, you went to Marion Pleasant, correct? Yep. Marion Pleasant okay. uh, graduated 2002. Okay. Same. And then uh, somehow we ended up kind of crossed paths and ended up in the OAC. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> went down went down to Muskingum. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what they call it, the Shriner, the Shriner Bowl, Shriner Trophy. Muskingum Marietta game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently it's a trophy, trophy. game. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ours was just a pride. We must have been I don't, yeah. a trophy. <laughs> well, I mean, we got beat every year, so why would we want a trophy? And you know what? I was totally fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're saying, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. So when you were at Muskingum, um, what, what, did you, what was your major? So, uh, so I went in... Uh, just kind of with my personality, I, I had a, a very clear path that I had already planned out from the moment I stepped on campus. So I, uh, I double majored in political science and public affairs. Okay. And I picked up, uh, I went into it planning to pick up a, a history minor just because I love history. Um, but while I was there, took a couple classes and got talked into picking up a French minor as well. Oh. Um, yeah, oui, oui. so yeah. <laughs> I parlay très bien. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of a cool, it was kind of a little cool deal. I, uh, you know, liberal arts colleges, uh, right. there's always a foreign language requirement, and because of my high school uh, French background, I tested into the intermediate level, took a couple classes, and the the professor pulled me aside and was like, "Hey, if you pick up." You know, this class that counts as your uh, literature course for your liberal arts essentials, uh, and then you take these other two classes, you'd have a French minor. I was like, all right, cool, I'll do there it. There you go. Why not? Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember taking like 101 when I was a junior. <laughs> they were like, hey, you need like a, a, a foreign language credit. I was like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I had a bunch of freshmen in my class like, Finn, what are you doing in this class? Like, uh, d- don't worry about it. <laughs> that, um, interestingly enough, that happened to me as well, except for, so I, like I said, I majored in political science and public affairs. So social science heavy, 
law, government, that kind of idea. I was pre-law. I was planning on going to law school, which I can okay. get into here in a minute. Yeah. But um, I had taken AP government in high school, and going into my junior year, I was meeting with my advisor, and he's like, hey, you haven't taken uh, American Political Systems, which is the freshman oh, <laughs> uh, poli-sci, like 101. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's because I, I thought I tested out of that because my AP score. He's like, no, you you had to get a little bit higher on the AP in order to test oh, out of that. I was like, all right. <laughs> so, all right, cool, throw it on there. So <laughs> I was the junior in the freshman political science class, even though I'd taken like four or five, like 200, 300 level courses already. Right. The teacher's um, like, "What are you? Why are you back in here?" <laughs> <laughs> well, he was my advisor, so fortunately okay. that worked out. But uh, I mean, it was funny because I, I ended up like tutoring three people oh, in the great. class while we were taking the class. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Too so. funny. So, um, you know, I know with with our podcast, we kind of look at the life of, of whoever we're talking to and how sports has really affected you and your outcome. And I know in the position you're in, which we can get into a little later, sports is a huge part of your everyday life. So how how is sports, as you grew up and to where you are now, how's it really affected you? And has there been somebody that's been, you know, that that one? If you you know put your finger on this guy right here, was a huge impact in my life in sports, into everyday life. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so a couple couple people come to mind immediately so my 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 dad was a uh was a coach and got into administration and so he was a high school athletics director and then moved into the principal's chair was actually oh, cool. my high school principal my freshman year Ooh, that's um, gonna be rough. especially <laughs> especially at a place like pleasant where everybody knows everyone anyways I was gonna say your graduating class was how many 115 so, i yeah, think pretty much everybody knew everybody yeah, yeah, and and you've got like the core like of the 115, probably 50 or to 60 of us like went K12 together kind of thing. All the way through. Small small community, you know, kind of deal. Um, you and James but, Taylor. Yeah. Oh yeah. JT Money, my you guy. Know it. <laughs> yeah. One of my Marietta. We can talk about. Classmates. I was gonna say we we could talk to talk about him later. Right. Um, but yeah, so so my dad kind of i grew up around sports uh so that that kind of instant that that love of competition that desire to win the the idea that you know you need to practice hard to get better um really i think started by seeing him as a coach and then as an administrator and around sport um so i think that's really kind of where i got a lot of my foundation and then as I grew, I had a couple of, I, I think there's a couple of key people uh, that really played in, in, in my younger days. And then as I got older and, and advanced into my career, there were some other people that, that came into play. But um, Tim Emery, who's actually the owner of the Perkins in Marion, Ohio, okay. uh, he was my travel ball coach in mm. baseball growing up. His son graduated with me and um he he took the time to put together this travel ball team and so we we'd play all throughout central ohio um i mean you're talking probably double headers 
if not every weekend, pretty much every weekend during the summertime. I was going to say, those are cooling. I never did it. My buddies did it. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) We loved it. I mean, but, I mean, Tim, Tim was an awesome coach in that he could, he could motivate you to, without, like, berating you. Okay. So it was kind of a little bit ahead of his time. He wasn't one of the kind of the old school coaches that you would that you kind of see nowadays. He's a little bit more for that next generation mm. coach that that understands like if you can if if you yell at a guy, he'll only go so far. But if you can get him to buy in and love his team and and what he's doing, he'll run through a brick wall. Sure. So I think that kind of in my development really kind of was great for me to see as a role model and kind of learn. And then in high school, I mean, I had some great coaches in high school. Chris Coobs was football baseball coach at Marion Pleasant um, at that point. He's a Hall of Famer, I know, okay. on the baseball side. He should be a Hall of Famer on the football side. I think <laughs> um, that's just a matter of time. I mean, he's one of the few coaches in the state of Ohio to win high school state championships in both football and baseball. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he was an unbelievable coach. And what I learned the most, though, I figured out my athletic talent would only take me so far. <laughs> and what I learned from Coobs was preparation can make up for a lack of talent. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and and I think I've even carried that into some of my professional life where I, I, I try to line up everything before I walk into a room so I have an idea of, okay, it could twist this way, it could turn that way, this is how I, could rea- this is how I should react here, this is how I should react there. Yeah. Um, you already kind of said it when you were talking about what you wanted to go into at in Muskingum. Like, I want <laughs> this, I want this, I want this, this is my yep. outlook, this is where I want to go. <laughs> yep. Forward thinking. Yeah, and, and just kind of learning as, as I got older to be able to adjust on the fly. So yeah. so I think early on, those were probably my three biggest influences in the sport. Um, since then, you know, I've, I've had some coaches that you pick a little bit here, you take a little bit there. Um, I think kind of from a professional standpoint and not to get too far ahead um i've had a i've I've had the privilege of working with a couple of coaches that have been pretty phenomenal uh and talk about that later i'm sure but i've been able to kind of pick pick ideas and concepts and um also be exposed to some pretty strong leadership uh training that's really kind of helped and all of that is a result of sports being around sports so yeah i was gonna say like uh and like you said not to get too far ahead but you know gleaming just a little bit here a little bit there like oh i like that or i like that i mean both of us are from fairly small towns (laughs) yeah (laughs) shelby is only about 9500 uh marion a little more yeah yeah well in in its heyday you know when you had it was it's a it's a blue collar semi rural town you know right you've got cornfields <laughs> all around the county and then you got the city that was a steel city for a long time built on the railroad right. and they're still i mean they're still hammering out rebar at the steel plant there in marion and they're making dryers for whirlpool on the west side and that's right I was you like, had two or three other industries i couldn't remember who <laughs> 
Yeah, and you used to have a couple more, but yeah, I mean, when I was there, I, th- I want to say Marion's population was probably in the 30s for okay. Marion City proper. Right, because there was Marion's um, Pleasant and then Marion Harding, right? Yeah, so Marion Harding was the actual like city schools, and then you had Marion Pleasant that was kind of on the south side. You had Marion Elgin on the west side, Morrill Ridgedale on the north, Marion River Valley on the east, and then you also had Marion Catholic as a private school um, that's now closed. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, having all those schools feed out of that one town. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a small town. It wasn't a big town. But and then you go to Muskingum, again, fairly small town, <laughs> just like Marietta, <laughs> yeah. fairly small. A lot of hills, more hills than people, I think. It's, yes, yeah. If we <laughs> could then, get, the, if we could have gotten the students to vote, we probably could have run the entire village. Oh, I don't doubt it. <laughs> that would have been great, though. Just vote in your buddy. Like, yeah, man, yep. run for mayor. We'll vote for you. <laughs> That's exactly. And then, so kind of flash forward. Um, I've kind of, it's been fun being kind of your Facebook friend and watching you go through. So after you get out of D three national stardom at Muskingum. Uh, <laughs> I say that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then, I believe, was it Troy University you ended up at? So, right out of Muskingum, um, and that's kind of part of like my story and how I got to where I am. So, like Go I said, I, I, went to, I went to Muskingum pre-law. My intention going to Muskingum was, I'm going to go to Muskingum, I'm going to graduate pre-law, and I'm going to go to Capital University and get my law degree and at the same time, they had a joint program with Ohio University where you could get a, a master's in sport administration. Oh, nice. So I was going to do this joint degree program and become a sports agent. There you go. So that was my goal from, like, day one going into going into Muskingum. And um, somebody forgot to tell me how hard the LSAT was. <laughs> I've heard. Never take that. Yeah. <laughs> so... So I got a little derailed, uh, a little sidestep, and decided to just go get the master's degree first uh, and started kind of applying around by the time I got uh, rejected to the law schools uh, that I had applied to. Um, just, again, part of, part of how I got to where I am. Sure. And so I ended up at Florida State University uh, in their master's in sport administration program. Pretty good program. Um, you know. It's a pretty good program at that one, <laughs> at that point. This is crazy. So that was 2006, and in 2006 there were 12 universities in the United States that had master's degrees in sport administration. Wow! So 14 years ago, that's it. There wow. were only 12, um, and Florida State was on the list. Uh, so was Xavier University in Cincinnati. Okay. I got into both programs and decided I was going to go to Florida because everywhere in Florida is by the beach. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so duh. I mean, and I mean, Division One program that obviously had national prominence in the '90s, and huge, um, huge, yeah. so yeah. I mean, there. Th- yeah, don't don't get me wrong. It wasn't that that superficial because also <laughs> once I got there, I figured out the beach is 45 minutes away. <laughs> so. so <laughs> Hop on an alligator, you get there in an hour. It's totally fine. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, so so it, it was in a, in kind of a, an interesting piece, and this is something when I talk to people, um, it, especially young people that are looking to get into sport or are looking to kind of um, try to figure out their way. You know, I 
I moved to Tallahassee, Florida in the fall of 2006. And when I got to town, I literally knew three people in Tallahassee. Sure. I knew my advisor. (laughs) I knew I had a, I had a a distant cousin that was a freshman. She's, she was from Florida. And so she was starting, uh, that fall. And then as it normally goes, I had I had met a girl on spring break who happened to also be in Tallahassee. <laughs> yep. Which fortunately didn't work out. Um, <sighs> like three months in, and then later on that spring, I met my wife. So. Oh, there you go. So again, so it worked out well. Um, yeah. So, but but my point is, I like literally packed my stuff up and moved four states away. 12 hours from my family um, to a, a town that I had only visited one time and basically just bet on myself to make it work. And that's a big thing, like I said, when I talk to people, like, especially when you're young, you've got time to bounce back if something doesn't go your way. So don't be afraid to take a chance and bet on yourself. You'll probably end up surprising yourself and doing a lot better than you ever would have expected. That's a great piece. I mean, I've, I've done it a couple of times. Right out of college, I went to Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> and then now I'm, I'm in Wyoming, so a little okay. bit from Ohio. <laughs> but yeah, maple, absolutely. Maple, maple syrup entrepreneur oh, in Vermont? Absolutely. Is that what man. It, Some put of a little those, little in your hair right just kind of how do you think i get this hair to stay out i'm just gonna need a few minutes for a battery to recharge and then we'll get back to it <laughs> great great quote uh, uh, it was actually it was kind of neat uh when i went to vermont um the year we actually just uh our second episode was with a kid that i coached up in vermont um i ended up lucked out um the our radio station that i worked for the am guy that was like the big voice of UVM hockey, you know, Vermont hockey, pretty big. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he introduced me to the AD at Rutland High School, and the Rutland uh, AD was also their football coach and their lineman coach. So he saw me and was like, hey, uh, he was kind of straight out of the uh, military academy, so the high and tight haircut, you know. Okay. Goes. And yeah. uh, he goes, hey, uh, you did track, right? Like I said, yeah. Because you ever want to coach track? Yeah. Why not? It was okay. We need a head coach. Just fill out this application. Do do what? <laughs> yep. So I had like eighty kids as a twenty-one oh. year old. <laughs> oh gosh. Indoor up there was huge because they didn't have a lot of programs, and see, so yeah, I, I was boys and girls head coach. It was interesting. Nice. But, uh, so yeah. So absolutely, man. Take it. Take a take a chance on yourself. Take a bet on yourself, and just put everything you can into it. I love it. So yep. after Florida State, yeah. So so um, part of so again part of that that betting on yourself and taking chances. Um, I through my sport administration program met a couple of people and and got introduced to a few people and and picked up a, a part time job sweeping floors at volleyball games and working as security for soccer games. Um, okay. And so that was kind of my in to the sport world. And as I got to know people, um, one of my, my really good friends, who's now actually the athletics director at Clayton State in Georgia, Ryan Erlocker, um, Ryan and I got to talking, 
And he's like, man, if, if you really want to be a sport agent, you got to take this class on NCA compliance. Ooh. I was like, they have a class like that? He's like, yeah, like it's taught by this, this guy who's the senior associate AD. His name is Bob Minix. He used to work for the NCAA. He teaches the class. If you're going to try to be an agent, you got to know the rules. You got to take this class. Right. Like, done. Great. <laughs> so that spring, that first year of grad school, um, I had a couple things happen. So I'm taking this, this class, which was a three-hour Monday night class, Ooh. all through the spring, straight lecture. And I was, was I mean, I couldn't get it. Like, if I could have stayed for another two hours, I probably would have. Um, so it was one of those things where every class I'm asking questions, I'm staying late. And at the same time, I took uh, another class on sport administration and sport leadership. And part of that was talking about, like, if you're going to be something like if you plan on going into a field, you need to be an expert in that field. And the only way to be an expert is to model yourself after the best. Because sure. that's the, ultimately the person, you know, it's, it's the old Ric Flair. Like to be the best, you got to beat the best. <laughs> you know it. Uh, it's true, though. So yeah. so I read, um, so I want to be a sports agent. So I read Drew Rosenhaus's autobiography. Okay. So if, if you know, Drew Rosenhaus is, is, arguably the top agent top sports agent uh in that works with nfl talent uh he was a consultant on the movie jerry Maguire, and oh. actually makes a cameo appearance um he's a he was a duke law grad that um is from south florida and really made his name picking up a lot of the miami talent and and was really ruthless in a lot of his recruitment of potential clients and I got to read in his autobiography and decided, I, I don't know if I could live in this world <laughs> just from, a, from an ethics, morals, kind of where I am, who I am, and what I value. It's kind of a thin and, line. <laughs> right? So, so I went the other way. So, so I, I read this book, figure out, okay, maybe being a sports agent isn't what I thought it was going to be, but I really, really like this NCA compliance thing. And ultimately, where that led me was um, I, I killed the class. I did awesome in the course. And at the end of the course, Bob Minix offered me a chance to intern in their office during summer. Oh, cool. So I started out as an intern. Um, so it was Bob Minix and Brian Battle, uh, who's a mentor of mine that I continue to talk to to this day. Um, unfortunately, Bob passed away. Um, in the fall of 17 oh, excuse okay. me one second <coughs> um, but those those two guys were instrumental so they gave me my start and I, I did well enough that they turned around and offered me a graduate assistantship oh cool so that's really where I got started in NCA compliance which is is where my career started so 0708 I was a GA in the compliance office at Florida State and that really launched me from there. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, those are those are big years too. They were kind of building. Uh, yeah, that there. was so this so this was actually more so towards the decline of Coach Bowden. Okay. Um, so oh six oh seven, my my first year as a grad student was when he had to fire his son uh, oh, as the OC. So he fired. I always get him mixed up. Um, but I forget which which one of his sons it was. It was I'm trying to think. Terry was the one that was at Auburn. 
Jeff was at was Jeff at Clemson? Anyway, either way. So he, he had to fire his son after the Wake Forest game because they got beat by Wake Forest, which is an embarrassment. Uh, yeah. And bit. so <laughs> he hired he hired Jimbo Fisher. Oh, yeah. And part of the hiring of Jimbo was that he was going to be the head coach in waiting. So they bring Jimbo in. So this is towards the back end of Bobby's career. And a month into my GA position, I get pulled into a meeting. Lo and behold... Florida State is under investigation by the NCAA for academic misconduct and academic fraud um, and extra benefits facilitated by a, a member of the academic staff. Oh, wow. So I get thrown right into the fire. <laughs> um, and it, again, like taking a chance on yourself, putting yourself out there, meeting people, making good impressions, doing the right thing. The uh, the outside counsel that we brought in to help us out was actually my sport law professor from my oh. master's program. Awesome. <laughs> which, again, was a class that I did really well in to the point where halfway through I was tutoring. Because I was a pre-law guy. Like, sure, I was pre-law undergrad. Like, I'd already had all this. And I was coming straight from undergrad. So I was, like, tutoring people halfway through that class again. <laughs> so she, because she knew me and she knew how well I did, she put in a good word with the NCAA investigator, which is Joyce Thompson, who um, people would know from the movie The Blind Side. Okay. She was the NCAA investigator on the Michael Orr case uh, oh. with the Tuies at Ole Miss. Yep. She was, in my opinion, she was depicted very unfairly in that movie. Oh, really? She's a super nice woman. Unbelievably nice. And they tried to kind of paint her as, as a bit of a bulldog, oh, which yeah. which I don't I don't think was really fair to her. Yeah, it's, it's the movie, Sensationalism, right? <laughs> no doubt. So... So Joyce and and Stacy Karpinski, our outside counsel, let me sit in on investigation. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So I'm a GA getting the chance to sit in on a major infractions investigation. That doesn't happen. No. Um, I can only everywhere. Imagine. So we go through that, and um, the NCAA levies the penalties. You know, vacational wins for Coach Bowden, which put him behind Joe Paterno for all time Division One, oh, winning yeah. as coach. Which you have to always point out Division One. <laughs> Right, right. Because our man Gagliardi up in Minnesota, Minnesota. At, uh, was at St. John's. Oh, yeah, yep. The guy that the D3 oh. Heisman's named after, Gagliardi. Oh, that's right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is actually the, the all-time winningest college football coach. Okay. Um, but Coach ba cost Coach Bowden wins. We had to declare 60 student-athletes ineligible. It cost the track and field team a national championship, swim oh, team wow. an ACC championship. I mean, people remember that Coach Bowden lost wins, but that was actually a lot bigger issue sure. than I think it gets play. Kind of the ripple um, effect that goes into it. Yeah. I mean, when you've got 60 kids receiving answers to an online quiz, oh. that's going to affect across the board. So yeah. I get this bittersweet taste, but again, like I'm hooked. Like yeah. it's, it's a major infractions case. So from <laughs> that's, there. That's huge, yeah. From there is when I get hired at Troy University. Okay. So that was my first full-time gig was as a compliance coordinator, uh, the number two man in a two-man compliance office at <laughs> Troy University in Troy, Alabama, which is probably give uh, New Concord or Marietta a run for their money Ooh, okay. on size of town. <laughs> um, you know, it, 
it was a great experience. Sunbelt school, so small uh, group of five school, but at the time they were they were a small school power. They won the Sunbelt Conference five years in a row, and I was there for three of them. Wow. Huh. Uh, in football. In football. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, that was that was a great experience. Uh, again, small small athletics department, limited resources, learned a lot, learned a lot about a lot of different things. Um, you say with a small home, school like that, it, that's got to be the best part about it is just to be able to sink your teeth into a lot of things to get a better idea. Oh, without a doubt. And again, that's that's another one of those things where if, if somebody is looking to go into college sports, um, I always tell them, like, you need to go get experience at a group of five smaller school with a smaller athletics department because of that exact idea. Because you're going to know how the rules interplay with those offices much better doing NCA compliance than you would kind of just staying at a, a P5 compliance shop because you're, you're most likely going to end up getting pigeonholed in some either bylaw area or very nuanced aspect of the rules and you're never going to get the exposure of, okay, yes, you've got the NCAA rules and how that's going to play out on a home football game. But at the same time, like I was the liaison with the game officials. Oh, so the cool. me, the mecha- yeah so the mechanics of how a, a game official operation goes at a major college football game like that's there's cool. all these little nuanced things that you just don't know that sure. that I wouldn't have gotten to experience anywhere else kind of throwing your feet into the fire and like hey I need you to go do this this weekend like I don't know anything about soccer yeah good luck <laughs> you know <laughs> yes there's a lot there's a lot of that kind of stuff um but we had really good administration. Uh, Steve Dennis was the athletics director, um, who he had coached for Pat Dye at Auburn. Okay. Uh, Larry Blakeney was the football coach. Larry, um, I think Larry will end up in the College Football Hall of Fame if people just pay attention a little bit more. He led that Troy program. Uh, he he was an assistant for Pat Dye at Auburn as well, and had led the Troy program all the way from Division Two. To FBS, and all along the way, wow. and and won every stop of the way. You know, hmm. um, people again. People are you know our age might remember. Um, young younger folks may not always recall this, um, but you know Troy. Troy were giant killers for a long time. I mean, they beat Mizzou, they beat Mississippi State, oh, wow. they beat Oklahoma State. It got to a point where the the Big Twelve wouldn't schedule games with them. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're good guys. We don't need yeah. it. it's like Appalachian <laughs> State now. Yeah, that's and, and App State's actually in the Sun Belt now with Troy. Oh, okay. Um, so they're 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 in the same conference, but yeah, it was a lot of that. So even when I was there, so I was there in I'm trying to remember. So I got there in the fall of '08. So if you remember the '07 college football season ended with Ohio State getting beat in the national championship by LSU. Right. First year at Troy, both teams are on the schedule. Oh. Road trip to the Horseshoe, road oh. trip to Baton Rouge. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So my first fall, that was the first time Ooh. I got to experience a game in the Horseshoe from the field was right. I was actually on the other sideline. Uh and then we rolled in, I'll tell you what, we rolled into 
LSU, the game had been delayed because of a hurricane. Uh, I forget which one, but a hurricane came through, delayed the game, pushed it later in the season, and we rolled over there, and Troy was actually, you can go look this up, Troy was winning by 30 points in the third wow. quarter and blew that game. Oh, they pulled up Falcons? They had the defending national championship da- national champion team down by 30 in the wow. third quarter. Um and they stalled out on six straight possessions. Oh, that's rough. And ultimately, they're, again, the, 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 the drawback of a small school is your backups <laughs> aren't as, are typically as talented as the backups across the field if you're playing a, a Power 5 school. Exactly. And yeah, so the backups depth, would start at yours. Right. Yeah. yeah. The so, depth uh, comes back to hurt you. Oh, I don't doubt that. So is it true... Uh, like I've heard about the LSU locker room, like it's it's really awful. It's like painted pink. Like, are, are the rumors true of the of the visiting team locker rooms? The, um, in 08, <laughs> in 08, it was not. It wasn't that bad, but I do remember it was an it was an unusually cold night in LSU. And the reason why I remember this is because I had to go to the EQ guy and get long sleeves, uh, <laughs> which I think I still have that. Um, so that's how I remember. It was it was abnormally cold, but I don't I don't distinctly remember it. But I do remember. I mean, the fans were awful. Like oh. we're Troy, we're Troy University Sunbelt <laughs> School coming to play LSU, defending national champions, and they're, and they're like. like <laughs> spitting on the bus and like trying to rock the bus oh back and gosh. forth as we're pulling up to the stadium. It was nuts. <laughs> Guys, t- calm down. Right? What? It's Troy. We're not it's not like we're Alabama rolling right. in there. What, what do you, like, There's no national no, we're the other school. implications. Come no. On, no, we're the other school in Alabama. Come on. <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Different team. Oh, okay. Uh, um so yeah, so so got some great experiences there um got to see some things learned a lot uh, and got to the point where i felt like i i had learned enough that i could move on so i started kind of looking to see what was out there and was fortunate enough that um auburn university posted a position it was a good pretty good program so the fall of 2010 uh applied for a job at auburn I uh, was lucky enough to get a phone interview in late October. Nice. I uh, thought, I, thought I did really well. You know, it was kind of one of those things I was expecting to hear from them. And I want to say maybe 10 days after the phone interview, Yahoo Sports breaks this this story about Cam Newton's father. Oh. And, and how he had supposedly shopped his son around <laughs> right in the middle of my job, job uh. like, process. So a little derailed, but got a little derailed. Um, so it, it got back burner and obviously Auburn went through the investigation there with Cam and, and he won the Heisman and ultimately they won the national championship. And finally I, I got a call back, um, in February. It's like, <laughs> Hey, um, so this was going on and uh just so that you know we put the whole thing on hold so it wasn't like we were you know doing anything funny so so we uh were we're opening everything 
back up to where we left off, um, and we'd like to bring you in on a, for an on-campus interview. Nice. Like, great, great. So I go in for my on-campus interview, feel really great about it, really like the people that I met, um, and didn't hear anything until April. And so in April, they, they called and offered me the job. And I happily and readily accepted. But, Absolutely. you know, after, <laughs> after I got there, I was like, hey, like, you know, typically job, job searches don't last eight months. Like, what? <laughs> Like I get the cam stuff, and and we talked in like February, and like, well, the NCA was still on campus, and we didn't want to hire a new compliance person. In the midst of that, we kind of wanted to let some things settle yeah. before bringing you on. I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. I do. <laughs> yeah, but we were still kind of like it was one of those things where pretty much the 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 main wave had passed and so there were still some ripples and some hey can you get this hey we need that um kind of back end stuff mm -hmm. so i wasn't there for the the brunt of the, the the stuff with cam but i was there on the back end and a lot of the residual after effects as far as some policy changes and oh, yeah. the way we did some of our forms and some questions that we were asking um the information that we were trying to get to, to help avoid that situation hmm that's amazing i mean and so i mean auburn um oh why can't i think of a coach's name Muschamp? is that right uh so well malzahn's there now malzahn, okay but it was chiswick okay chiswick was the coach was the football coach when i was there so you had chiswick uh, was coaching football and tony barbie was coaching basketball uh nell fortner was the women's basketball coach uh, I came in, and really my position there as an assistant director of compliance was making sure all the recruiting uh, was was handled properly. Um, did a little bit with some of the playing season things, but my my main thrust was was recruiting for all sports. Okay. Um, so it was it was good that my wife and I. Uh, had, hadn't had kids yet because it was a lot of long, <laughs> lot of long nights. Tax yeah. just, oh. So, I yeah. guess we, we hear a little bit about it, especially being Ohio State fans and being from Ohio State and the, the pants you know, issue that went through for tattoos. Um, take me through, like, what, what, how does the compliance department, you know, we've only got, you know, all day, but yeah. um, how does the compliance department um, – Cre uh, not created, but how, do, how does it set up? Okay, so uh, that's a great question because really it, it's, it depends on the resources of the institution. It depends upon the institutional history as it relates to the NCAA and, and NCAA infractions. Mm. Um, and, and there's always going to be a little bit of a kind of a recency bias so if you've got an institution that just recently went through something, they're probably going to have a little bit more beefed up compliance operation sure. as opposed to like a Troy University who's never had a major infractions case. Um, they're <laughs> they one of like three. I think they're one of like three FBS programs that hadn't had a major infractions case when wow. I was there. Um, but then you turn around, you got... Like an like an Auburn, I would say, was was average size. We had six full time staff, um, 
and then how the office is structured within that number it it really comes down to who's running the office and and their vision okay. for the shop when i was at auburn we kind of had we kind of had the, the i would say as a, as a responsibilities type model so like i said like my responsibilities lie primarily in recruiting but I also had a couple other things where I worked with our student athlete forms, like I said, playing in practice season stuff. Um, we, I did some stuff with outgoing and incoming transfer paperwork. So there was a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, and, and that was just how uh, the, the gentleman who runs that shop, Rich McGlynn, how he uh, envisioned it and, and wanted to see it done. Um, so you, you other, were recruitment for men's and women's basketball, men's and women's track, like every single athletic program at a Division One Power 5 school. Yeah, so if any of the coaches, yeah, if they had questions about recruiting, I was typically the first call that they would make. Um, now, towards the back end of my, I th did three and a half years there. Towards the back end of my three and a half years, we had shifted some of the way that we processed interpretation requests. So um, okay. that had, that changed a little bit. But it was still one of those where, I mean, on, on football game days, I was probably getting, I don't know, eight to, probably eight to nine miles in. Um, <laughs> and it was a good 12-hour day. Wow. Um, just going so from like, here to there. Like yeah. a coach going like, hey, hey, Justin, I got I to gotta recruit here. Can I do this? You know, would it, would it be okay if I bought him a pretzel? Like that kind of thing, yeah. Like yeah. That kind of minutia, I mean, or is it more it, you large get, scale? You, it's both. I mean, it. There's a lot of again. The the, the NCA manual is over 400 pages thick, Ugh. and I mean, there's front and back and like eight point font. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> and and on top of that, there's a there's an internet database that we use that the NCA houses all their previous interpretations and educational columns, which okay. Um, I know at one point was well over 4,000 interpretations. <coughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and some of it's really, really nuanced, uh, particularly the ones that are like from the 80s. Um, wow. way, like, way back then, you have some very specific scenarios in the interpretations. And as the NCAs evolved, they've learned and, and, and tried to kind of create interpretations that could be applied to specific scenarios, but also have a little broader um, language to them. So yeah, you might get a question. I, I mean, a lot of it. Again, this this is really into the weeds, but <laughs> th there's a limitation on the number of tickets that prospects can receive uh, for free. So complimentary oh, wow. admissions. So if you come for a visit, you're a high school kid. You come for a visit, you get a certain number of tickets. Well, at that point, there was an exception that was created to allow for what they deem non-traditional families. So oh. at that point. You could get three tickets, prospect plus two. Yep. But if you had a non-traditional family, you could get an additional two tickets for five total. Okay. <clears throat> but the definition of non-traditional was intentionally broke because they didn't want, they, you know, the NCAA didn't want to box themselves in a corner. Yeah. So they wanted That's to be able to accommodate. To yeah, they want to be able to accommodate for unique family situations. Maybe it's a situation where um, you, you're kind of, what you would think is more of a traditional, non-traditional, as mm -hmm. oxymoronic as that sounds, <laughs> right. where it's kid, mom, stepdad, dad, stepmom. Yep. 
all of them want to come because they're all going to be influential in the decision-making process. But when you start getting into, um, especially with the rules, what we started getting into is a lot of the nuance of, okay, well, the kid lives with, with mom and grandma and brother and cousin. Yep. So (laughs) do I just give, can we give them all tickets? Yeah. And, and so, so there's a lot of those kind of questions. And, and a lot of the times is, is neat and organized as we'd like to think everything is going to be, it's never that organized. Right. Like there's going to be a kid that's going to show up that you didn't expect. Who's probably a five star and you (laughs) want to roll out the red carpet and you're scrambling to try to get it done. And then he showed up with four people and you want to be accommodating because, I mean, or the family in the traditional sense. Oh, sure. Let's say. Brother, sister, um, mom, dad. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, because, again, there's so many fam- family situations that are unique. And so you don't want to do anything that they didn't also get when they were at Alabama oh, or sure. at, at uh, Georgia. Yeah. So we got to keep up with what they're doing because we don't want to seem like we're – being overly strict as compared to these other places, but we still want to stay within the rules. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, oh, well, Georgia did this. Like, well, they shouldn't have. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Huh, that, interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that goes into it on game days. I, um, gosh, I don't doubt it. I mean, D3 yeah. was great. Like, oh, you didn't play in high school? <laughs> Come on down, man. We got a helmet. Hey, can anybody kick? Anybody, hey, yeah. you, you in the stands, can you kick? Come on down. I got shoes. <laughs> can you, can, you got an ACT score? Yeah. All right. In. Let's go. go. In. Get, get your helmet <laughs> on. Get a mouthpiece. Let's go. <laughs> what was your recruiting class? How many? Oh, gosh. I honestly couldn't tell you. Probably, I think I came in with, it was either 60 or 80 guys. Yeah. We it was were, some crazy number. We had to be at least in the 50s. Yeah, um, and it was me, literally me like, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was literally like, oh, you played high school football? All right, come on, we'll take you. Oh, yeah, oh. You'll, you'll start, why not? Like, I don't yeah. know, you'll start. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, kids start disappearing at night. <laughs> this is, like, this is Where'd awful. your roommate go? I, I don't I don't know. I, he was here when I went to sleep, and I woke up, and he was gone. All of his stuff was gone, too. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Was, I remember uh, stretching. It was my, my freshman year. I come in and uh, got recruited on offense. And, uh, you know, we were, we were the same colors as Penn State. So I was in, gosh, blue, I think, for offense. You know, one, offense one color, defense the other. Right. I'm stretching. And uh, <laughs> it was, like, down to the middle. Like, okay, cool. And all of a sudden I feel like a tap on the back of my helmet. It was it was Epley. He goes, Finn, you have played any defense ever? Yeah, coach, I came from a Division Four school. Of course I played defense. Did you like it? Sure. All right, well, get a white jersey, and you'll be a defensive lineman. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's the beauty of D3 sports, man. Have you ever played no it before? Not really. Well, try it out. You might like it. Like, all right, cool. Hey. And actually, that was a friend of mine that was in my class. Came in for volleyball, graduated an All-American, and now a Hall of Fame crew member. <laughs> 
down at Marietta. Marietta Crew is a uh, that's a legit deal now. It's it's a powerhouse. Don't fool with that. Well, the weird thing that I I didn't know going into it, there are at least when I was there, there were no divisions. Like if you had a crew team, you were going up against Army, Navy, Ohio yeah. State, like. We don't give scholarships. <laughs> we just got kids that really want to do it. Right. <laughs> but that we're still going up right. against, like, you You get your whole college paid for, right? Oh, yeah, man, and all this cool stuff, too. <laughs> uh, oh, I had to pay 120 bucks for my shirt and $35,000, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you. <laughs> no doubt. Right. Um, so, after Auburn... Yeah, so so again, three and a half years at Auburn, and an opportunity presented itself. We had just had uh, our first son, um, and Florida State had a position that opened up, and I still knew, <laughs> I still knew. I think it was like I don't know, ten of the head coaches from when I was a GA. Nice, um, right? I had still had friends in. Um, in the office and so I, I went and applied and, and went through the process so um, worked out really well got in as a director of compliance halfway through the 2014 football season so my last game at Auburn was the LSU game in oh, 14 the kick six? no 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 oh, I was okay, there okay. Oh, no that was in 13 that was the most unbelievable ah football season my entire life and i was on the <laughs> sidelines for every one of those games that's amazing <laughs> um except for the national championship when they got beat by florida state so uh, you know, so yeah so so i guess that's part of the story too is so 13 season at, at auburn we had, we had fired gene chiswick bringing gus Malz on um 13 season comes out and we we win a couple of games and we win against mississippi state on kind of a, a jump ball in the corner to a tight end cj uzuma who i think is still with the bengals Um, and, and things kind of started rolling from there. And then, yeah, we get towards the end of the season. You've got the miracle of Jordan Hare, which I was on the side or I was in the locker room when that one happened. Um, cause we had some post game, we had some post game responsibilities in the locker room. Uh, cause Auburn allows recruits into the locker room. So we, we need to be there to monitor and make sure they're not like picking up gloves or sweaty armbands or socks or anything else they can they can grab um so was there for the for the the miracle jordan hair with ricardo lewis and then obviously the next week we turn around and and we're coming down to the wire we're in the locker room again and it's one of those we're like okay where were you standing last week stand in the same (laughs) position do it again move (laughs) and uh was it tj yeldon i think was the one that ran out of bounds Oh yeah, and I, and we're like going like we're going back and forth. We're like there's there's a there's a second left on the clock. They're gonna throw this up because uh, they had, if, if I'm remembering correctly, they had Amari Cooper, oh. and I'm thinking like you're gonna you're gonna throw it up to Amari Cooper. Like we've got like five foot eleven Jonathan <laughs> Jones and uh, my man Jermaine Whitehead and Chris Davis. <laughs> like yeah, like why are you not just throwing this up in the corner to to Amari Cooper? Like what are you talking about here? <laughs> and Saban comes out in kick formation. And I, I look at this and I I swear to god I'm not making this up like this is not like like after the fact creative right. editing. I swear to you and and Steve Louts who now works at uh, UT San Antonio. 
he will vouch for me on this because he was in there with me. <laughs> I, I said out loud, I audibly said, we should get somebody back. That's a pretty long field goal. <laughs> and boy, and the well, but the police officer, the Auburn police, oh, Auburn PD that was in there because we iced the kicker. So we had a timeout. So we had plenty of time to talk. Yep. Um, he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, if it comes up short, you can return that. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, you yeah. don't you don't see it because typically they don't kick it short, and so it goes out the back of the end zone, which is but why it's a touchback. Right, but it's a pretty long kick. Like this, is a, like this is a pretty long kick, and they've had some trouble. And and when they, if you look at the camera shot of that that play that CBS had, yep. it like you it, unless you're paying attention, you don't really see Chris Davis coming going down, right? As far as getting back. And the and the zoom in was so quick that I couldn't count. Hmm. So I was so I wasn't even sure if there was some. Yeah, was there ten on the line? Is there eleven? Are we kind of kind of coming after this? What are we doing? And the ball goes up, and you see the kid in the end zone, and it's on target, and you're like, oh man, like your your stomach's dropping, and then all of a sudden he catches it, and he starts <laughs> running back, and and the, our, and we're like, go. Go, go. And as soon as, if you watch that clip, as soon as he breaks the corner, the only thing that was going to stop him was him accidentally stepping out of bounds. Yeah. Or like the yard I mean, line tripping him up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or one of his own players getting in the way because they were <laughs> losing their early. minds. Right. And so we, I mean, we, everything, just the world exploded. Unbelievable <laughs> moment in uh, yeah. in sport history, Absolutely. and we're in the locker room. So we go running out to the field. <laughs> we're jumping and hugging and celebrating, and we realize, holy crap! Like we have to do a job. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we run back. back. <laughs> <laughs> well, the recruit. Yeah. So the recruits are standing. Um. Out. So they had actually brought them down into kind of the tunnel area. I mean, pandemonium erupts. People are rushing <laughs> the field, falling into hedges. Obby's right. trying to like crowd surf to get into the shot while they're interviewing Malzahn. Like we got all <laughs> kinds of pandemonium right. and we're just, we're just trying to get guys in and we're, we're basically filtering at the door. Like, okay, you're not a recruit. You're not a football player. You need to step aside. Right. Like just get people in. We ended up closing the door. We were missing like, like two or three players, oh. at least one assistant coach. <laughs> I mean, I don't know and where Bill's nuts. at. Where'd Bill go? No, right? <laughs> it's nuts. And and Malzahn standing on a, a chair, and, and next to him is Bo Jackson because Bo was the honorary captain for that game. Oh. I've got I got Charles Barkley, who was the guest picker for game day, oh, who's man. across across the locker room from me, and like <laughs> three or four people over from Bo is Takeo Spikes, oh. which if you ever watch the thirty for thirty uh, oh, yeah. Roadside War Eagle. You you can't like at least have a, at least a little bit of fear of Takeo spikes. Oh, just watching um, him play, I, have to, <laughs> I remember the name very well. Yeah, I'm, I mean, so so you've got the, all these guys. We got recruits in there, and and I got Tom Rinaldi standing to my right from because somehow Rinaldi gets in the locker room. <laughs> hey, like, you're, uh, whatever, like, you want, man, you can say. Just, yeah, sure. What does? Yeah, you're not recording. Okay, fine. I mean, and so it's this this moment in sport behind the curtain that oh. my job afforded me. I mean, so so Bo's going crazy, Malzahn's <laughs> going crazy, and I mean, it, it was so unbelievable to be a that's, part of that. 
I, I couldn't even, I like watching it. I remember because it, it'll, it'll come on and my wife and I will be like, oh, oh, remember, remember this? Remember this? Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I was right there on the field. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. like I, I gave Chris Davis a hug after the game, after he did that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, yeah. So yeah, so so after the thirteen season, I, uh, I I had this opportunity present itself at Florida State, who won the national championship, who had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, who had made some mistakes as it related to NCAA rules. Um, sure. Did you have to prosecute the crab legs too? So the crab legs happened before I got okay. there. <laughs> All right. Um, so that was already handled. Which it's funny again, like when you work in it you have a very different perspective on things and the whole crab legs thing like that exploded and i'm looking at it going you're talking about like a what like a 25 dollar extra benefit like right there's there's dudes getting like tens of thousands of dollars under the table just to go on official visits (laughs) like basically Jameis went into the Publix in like I, I mean, this this is this is part of the. the I'm not telling you anything that's that's not kind of not already been reported. Right, that's right. yeah. That's, <laughs> but basically, like like he went into this Publix that's across from the fraternities that all of the university students shop at, and I have no doubt. And again, I wasn't there at the time, so this is now. That's like that's the fact. Now I'm moving to my speculation and my kind of just professional assessment while I'm working at Auburn, seeing this happen, is he got hooked up like. Yeah. The the seafood guy was like, "Yeah, man, you're Jameis Winston. Here's some crab legs." Oh, hey, thanks for the high. Which again, grab a couple. <laughs> it's, it's an NCAA violation. Don't get me wrong. Again, right. NCAA violation. Florida State found out about it. They did the right thing. They reported it. They imposed. They they self imposed the proper penalties per the NCAA structure. Case closed. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But everybody always wants to like talk about the crab legs. I'm like. <laughs> Like, He's a Heisman Trophy winner with a, a bit of a, a, a stain on his record. So I, I guess, but yeah. I mean, now there were some other things that happened while I was there in that that first season. Um, while he was finishing out his what ultimately was his last season at Florida State, there were some other allegations that popped up that we had to investigate, um, and so we went through the process with that. But again, I was pretty well equipped because I had just come from Auburn, who had won a national championship with a quarterback that had. Had some NCAA issues. issues. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I got into the Florida State and um, was overseeing recruiting at the time. But uh, a couple weeks after I got there, a, a friend of mine who was in the staff uh, decided that he needed to to, to to leave that position for some personal reasons, and um, they elevated me from a responsibility standpoint. And that's when I I started working with the football program. Uh, so at that point, I was. Kind of. but no, I was working. I was still the the main contact. So again, we were talking about office structures. So Florida State, they did at that point, they did what, what is kind of known in the business as a hybrid model, mm-hmm. where you've got um, a certain number of people on staff, and sports get assigned to those people. And so if a coach in that sport has an interpretive question, or you need to file a violation, or you need to file a waiver, um, unless it's a very kind of nuanced space. Yeah. You're going to handle that. And so Makes my, sense because there's a ton of people. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got 550 student athletes and obviously the coaches that come with them and right. um, countless others. Right. So, so I, I was, uh, at that point, I was working with golf and football 
and because of some of the staff turnover, I believe at that point I was still working with the tennis programs as well. I was going to say, I was crossing my fingers um, for water polo. They don't, uh, No, they don't have water polo, but they do have beach volleyball. Oh, well, okay, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Florida State, area. beach volleyball, yeah. No, very, <laughs> very good beach volleyball program. So people probably so, want to um, go there for the beaches, so I've heard. Right. It's it's <laughs> relatively close. Much relative. like Shelby's close to Columbus. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's just a little drive. Pretty much. It's pretty much Columbus. <laughs> I mean, it's not Cleveland. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, so I started working uh, really more so into the end of that season and into the spring um, with, with football as, as kind of a primary sport. Uh, still working through issues in, in the golf program as well, which I love. I love my people at Florida State Golf. Um, Coach Trey Jones, who's the director of golf there, his his wife Kathy uh, worked in the financial aid office, and so when I assumed the financial aid role, um, as far as a bylaw area, I, I guess that's part of the hybrid. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she was fantastic. She was unbelievable to work with. Um, really helped me out. Um, Increased my knowledge in the financial aid space immensely. Nice, um, it was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. So Florida State um, was there for uh, a couple of seasons. Got to work with, like I said, worked with Jameis a little bit. Um, just looking at kind of the football side of the house. Uh, right. Worked with Jalen Ramsey, Derwin James, uh, my man Dalvin Cook. Okay. Um, had had quite a few guys that came through there. I mean, we had we had some pretty good it was success. A pretty good you know. Program. I mean. You're, you're yeah, we uh, we were in the the CFP that that yeah. first year, and then we were in the Peach Bowl the next year, uh, and then we were in the Orange Bowl against uh, the team up north. Right, right, the uh, other ones. Yeah, that that, <laughs> that other place. Right. So it was at Florida State, um, and then the summer of seventeen, the uh, my former boss from. From Auburn, Rich McGlynn, I mentioned, he called me and said, hey, uh, I know you're from Ohio. Ohio State's going to have this position. It works exclusively with football. It's housed in the football office. Um, you're going to be working. You'd be working with the, the program directly. Um, the head guy at Ohio State is is like my best friend. Uh, I told I and so I so I passed your name along and said, you, you might be interested. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm very interested. <laughs> Might be okay. All right. uh, I mean, again, like my wife and I both graduated from Florida State, so so I'm yeah. working at a place that I I got my master's from. My wife got her undergraduate degree there, so like we love Tallahassee, we love Florida State, Absolutely. we love the people there. Um, uh, there wasn't going to be a lot of places we were going to leave there for. Uh, Ohio State just happened to be one of them. I was just going to say, there was a guy that, worked, uh, <laughs> that coached at Florida that said the same thing. And if I was like, oh, Ohio, Ohio State? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So currently you are the... Associate Athletics Director for Football Compliance at The Ohio State University. So Boom. we finally got to it. An hour right. in and we finally got to it. I know, right? Like, oh, man. man. <laughs> it was, I, I've always been like... You know, like, being the Ohio State fan, seeing those violations, like you said, Jameis Winston had a huge thing blow up that wasn't that I, – I can't say if it was big or not, but it didn't seem that big. Um, that compliance is a thing that you don't really talk about a lot, but you hear about a lot, you know? Yeah, we. I mean, 
that was again when as I've worked my way through the profession. Ninety-nine percent isn't good enough when it comes to NCA compliance. You've got to be right every time because even one little mistake can cost a program dearly. Oh, huge! Um, Let alone and, the people and, like you know the, the kids involved, the, the yeah. coaches involved. That's huge. And that's why I think, and I hope you'll back me up on this. I think my my personality, being a defensive lineman, and you know, it'd be the, I think it'd be the same for the offensive lineman. You know, it, it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same role. Like, you only get yelled at when you screwed up. Like, as long as you're doing your job, you're good. Nobody ever hears from you. Like, exactly. you're, you're just out there doing your thing. <laughs> and um, you, and you've done it so long. You're like, you know what? I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's NCA compliance in a nutshell. Like, huh. if if you hear about a school and, and it relates to NCA compliance, it's not good. Yeah, right. That it's probably not a good hands. thing. You know, yeah. Like the, the center, you touch every single play. Yeah. But it, nobody yells at you because you didn't get the ball to the quarterback until you don't get the ball to the quarterback. Exactly. Then everyone loses their mind. <laughs> yeah. But oh, so that's cool. So you started there what two years ago? Three. It'll be three years this month. Uh, okay. So I came in the summer of seventeen. Um, I started the Monday before two days that season. Uh, so I came in. I uh, Feet to the it, it, it was interesting. Yeah, because it was a really it was a super fast process. Um, it was one of those where I, I think I think I applied the f- first week of June and started July twenty third. Oh wow. So super fast process, um, but it was also one of those, again, you know, going back to, to earlier, the reason why I, I, I feel like the reason why I got the job was because I had prepped for this position pretty much my entire career, yeah. although I, I may not have been doing it actively all the time, but I was constantly, like, I knew the position existed um, when I was working at, uh, it was either at Troy or Auburn. So early in my career, I found out Ohio State has a compliance position <laughs> that works so with easy. football. And I'm like, y- yes, <laughs> I will, uh, it's, yeah. It's that so what do I need to do? Exactly. And so that's where again, like, you know, some of it's happening. You know, just like serendipity like you're in the right place at the right time you meet the right people but a lot of it too is if you do your job really well it'll speak for itself in the right circles and so again like i had worked my tail off i had done really good work to where when the position came available and the timing was right the right person made a call and vouched for me and all I needed was a foot in the door because as soon as they called me and told me, hey, we want to bring you in for an interview, you best believe I started, I mean, I had a dossier. I'm telling you, I had a dossier on every person I was going to meet on my trip. I had uh, a bank of questions that I had accumulated over the years through interview, like being a part of search committees or being yeah. interviewed myself. Ooh, that's a good question. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had, I, I, I mean, I came in so prepared for that interview to the point where, I mean, I'll never forget it. I'm in the Woody Hayes Athletic Complex. 
again, I mean, we're from central Ohio, so yeah. you kind of have an idea of like Columbus traffic. Oh, and sure. my, my interview with Urban was in the afternoon. I think it was like at maybe like 2.30 or 3 o'clock. And my flight was supposed to be, I don't want to say like at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And again, in my mind, I'm like, all right, we got to get from campus to the <laughs> airport. 6.70 is going to be a beast. We got to be leaving by like probably by like 4 o'clock. So you're going to, to get out of here like, like an hour, hour and a half, right? Maybe, and then yeah. <laughs> so so I'm I'm going through the process, and I and I I'm prepped for everything. I go and I start meeting with some of the football staff, and finally I go and I I meet with with Coach Meyer, and um, big big uh, big grin on your face, like you're you're like hi hi Mr. Myers. So so no, <laughs> not really, because again, like I had never I'd never met Urban, yeah, and so. So, you know, you, you don't meet a person, so you know them from the persona that's been created about them. Yeah. And, um, so again, business. my like wife and I... all business, I'm all business. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that, but also part of this is, like, I'm not entirely sure where, where this guy's coming from because, I mean, I, I went to Florida State. My wife went to Florida State. <laughs> you coached the Gators. Like... Yeah, that was a bad four years for my wife. That's, like, you know what? That's a good. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> now again, like I, I had made some calls with some some mutual acquaintances to try to get an idea. So I, I felt I felt really good, but it was still one of those like I really want to kind of feel out where he is as it relates to NCA compliance and the position and how it fits into the to uh, as kind of a, a dotted line into his staff. Um, and so we sat down and we get to talking, and he's like, "Oh, so Florida State? I'm like, yeah, I've been down there with Jimbo. Was there as a GA with 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 Coach Bowden? Um, we talked a little bit about that, and he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I see you were also at Auburn. It's like, yeah, we had Coach Chizik <laughs> and then Miles on, and kind of talking through, and and I I hit him with the you know I'm the only compliance person in the country that's come in." to two separate institutions after they've won national championships um, with a quarterback that won the Heisman, that had potential issues. So, um, and I did a really good job. Yeah, like I did a really good job of, of kind of um, on the back end making sure that that situation wouldn't present itself again. Um, and he's like, oh, I see here also that you're at Troy. And I said, yeah, um, I don't know if this is – if you – I don't know how you feel about this, but, yeah, I um, – I've known your son-in-law since he was in high school. And he kind of looks at me. Huh? And I'm like, yeah, his dad, Steve, was the AD when I was down there. He's like, oh, okay. Like, he kind of puts the two and two together. Funny. So there was a connection there. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of looking through. He's like, okay, so you're in Ohio. You're from around here? I was like, yeah, I grew up here, played high school football, won a state championship right over there in Bill, Bill Davis Stadium in, in baseball in 2001. Played for a state championship in football and, um, and you know, kind of just, just shot my shot, right? Yeah, right. He, uh, and afterwards, you know, niceties kind of deal. And the director of football operations was showing me around the facility, and that's great. And I'm looking at my watch because at this point, it's like 345. Ooh, you're and I'm, I'm, I'm getting antsy, like... <laughs> I'm not, and like, there's two parts of me. There's like the part of me that's like, you know what? Screw it. I'll Whatever. sleep at my sister's. <laughs> I'll buy like, another flight. I don't care. Like, yeah, like if, yeah, like, 
if I miss the flight, I miss the flight. I don't care. Like that's it is what it is. Like I'm not gonna get out of here. But I'm also kind of at the same time like trying to be respectful. Like okay, okay. <laughs> um, and and the the guy that was taking me to the airport from the compliance staff calls and it's like, hey, I'm I'm heading over your way to get you. And so I tell the director of ops, and and he's like, well, can you hang on a minute? Coach Meyer wants to say goodbye. I'm like, well, yeah, like I said, yes, I'll miss yes, them. Like, shit, are you kidding me? Um, and Big anybody, Big Daddy right, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? we go way back. Um, so, if you've ever been in the Woody Hayes Athletic Complex, there, if you get, if you come in through the atrium where all the trophies and they've got the the nine screens that play videos and there's Hang On Sloopy playing all the time. So, if you get past that door. There is a, a single hall that goes probably 120 yards. It's basically the length of, of the indoor football field, but it's a okay. single hallway that goes straight down. We jokingly call it the longest hallway in college football. Right. <laughs> um, but to get to the head coach's office, you've got to go pretty much like 75 yards, maybe even further down, hang a left, and then the coach's office is on the left there. And so I'm looking at this hallway going, all right, we got to double time. We got to get down there. Like, I got to see Urban before I leave. And so we start walking down the hall, and I look up, and Urban's actually walking down the hall towards me. Oh. And, again, like, poetic moment, we literally meet halfway. A little meet cute. uh, but But, again, like, the fact that he was willing to come out of his office and come down to me said like this is this this is an important position to him sure that he is going to do that and he shook my hand looked at me he said that was the best interview i've ever been a part of you're my guy i'm going to go to bat for you that's wow (laughs) yeah so i get through the hotel right no doubt oh gosh i i mean i'm like like cartwheels jumping jacks like whatever you got on the inside thank you thank you sir right <laughs> kind of awkward <laughs> well i mean yes and no because right. i mean ultimately i still i mean i know that he's got obvious pull but it was still going to be the compliance the head of compliance doug archie my boss oh. it was going to be doug's decision in conjunction with with gene smith as well as um the vice president for university compliance gates garrity rokus who we, who our office actually reports to Okay, sure. Um, our office reports outside of athletics, um, which is also a unique trait. Huh. So, so, but it's one of those two where I mean, obviously, like if if there's pool with Coach Meyer, like that's that's not going to hurt you. I was going to say you would want the head coach <clears throat> to be able to have a good relationship with the compliance department, so they wouldn't worry about like is he actually going to talk to him, or you know, are things going to go that way? Or are they just never going to talk to each other? So yeah, right. you, would, you would definitely want to be able to just have a good working relationship. To start yeah. with. So yeah, so um, so I left and I, I called my wife and I said, "How quickly can we get the house on the market?" Because <laughs> um, I think we're going to be moving. Up, <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think we're going to be moving to Central Ohio. Ah. So yeah, so so follow follow seventeen. That's awesome. Find myself uh, at that point. I was assistant athletic director for compliance, working working primarily with football. Um, since then, we had some restructuring and whatnot. So associate AD um, work. Like I said, primarily with the football program, I, I do also oversee financial aid, um, our financial aid unit within our staff. Um, 
I say that really I've, I've got um, Bree Fields on our staff who does an amazing job and she pretty much uh, runs with it I'm, and I'm there from a very high high overview kind of level yeah um, she, she's amazing she's fantastic so yeah that brings us up to the COVID uh, COVID era of football. right yeah so alright and I know you before we even got on this like hey what are we going to do and um, if, if I if I don't if I touch on something that you can't touch on, let me know. But, like, I remember reading because uh, my wife is a alumni. She got her master's at Ohio State, so she gets a lot of alumni stuff coming through. And I know one of the stories that we read about was that all the players had to sign uh, a COVID waiver to come back in. And I'm sure the, the students as well. But um, I guess kind of if you can, if you can't, let me know. But, like, kind of talk me through how you guys kind of – came up with your at least initial plan within you know uh, 75 to 45 minutes no I'm kidding <laughs> well it, it'll it'll actually be really quick to be honest um so again we work in ncaa compliance university compliance big 10 rules uh this is an unprecedented time with the panda global pandemic and ultimately what happened was Gene and his leadership decided to put together a return to work slash return to play uh, work group who has been meeting and has, has consulted with medical professionals as well as uh, a, a lot of other constituencies within the institution and they were the ones that ultimately decided to, to come up with the Buckeye Pledge, which has obviously received so much notoriety lately. Um, again, not meant to be a, a legal document. Uh, you know, people have said waiver. That was really, I think, just um, uh, the, the media not knowing what else to call it. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, if you read the language in, in that pledge which i know was um released through a freedom of information request so that's out out in the in the public space Um, if you read through there we're not we're not really binding them to anything aside for the the potential for playing time if they um aren't using their best judgment to try to help um the situation and, and not continue to spread the virus um, unintentionally through... Sure. Knowingly uh, going out and doing something you're not supposed to. Yeah, through irresponsible behavior, um, fully well knowing the situation that they're walking into. So Yeah. Well, yeah. Simple enough, right? I mean, that, that's what, I guess the nice thing is you've got the NCAA overall, then the Big Ten, then the, the university, then you've got the football department. So I'm sure they went through a lot of checks and balances and a lot of people that can say those diseases that I can't even spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, yeah. Cool. I mean, again, we, we worked through the process and then in, in, again, to be honest, uh, I, I think it's something that it, at least my understanding is the entire athletics department staff is also going to be requested to do something similar when we ultimately, um, uh, unveil our return to work model, whatever that's going to look like. Um, so it, it, again, it's not something that's exclusive to the student athletes. There was no, you know, 
you lose your scholarship if you don't sign kind of thing. Um, okay. It's yeah. just an acknowledgement that we're in this together and we all need to do our part to help uh, to help things proceed so that way we don't lose uh, anyone to this virus primarily. Um, and then on a, a secondary level, obviously, there's there's sport and and competition and what have you. But again, the, the primary the primary gist of it is um, we don't want to unintentionally infect each other. Yeah, just be smart, guys. I mean, Follow the guidelines yeah, we, put out. And yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So have you guys actually gone back to uh, you as, as the uh, adults? <laughs> have you guys <laughs> actually gone back to the facility to work, or are you still remote? Yeah. So I am still remote. Um, so there's a couple different pieces to this. The the football staff was part of the initial pilot return to work model, um, but they're still limiting the total number of people that are allowed in the facility at a given time. Um, everybody's going through daily symptom check. Uh, we everybody that that's been permitted to return, I know, has gone through uh, at least one COVID check as well as the antibody test. Um, but they're also, they've been staggering times. So if like the offense came in in the morning, the defense will come in the afternoon with a thorough cleaning in between. Sure. Um, masks required in, in the building, unless you're literally like by yourself in your office. Um, we're still conducting staff meetings through Zoom. Um, so there's still a lot of those things. And then as far as the, the general compliance office, again, we, we work in athletics. We technically report outside of athletics, but it's also one of those that, to be honest with you, as long as I've got an internet connection and either my phone or my iPad or my computer, I could pretty much work from anywhere. So um, we haven't slowed down. We haven't stopped. Uh, but it also looks like one of those where we may be working from home at, at least through probably the next two months at the earliest okay. and even then we'd probably come back in a, in a, a shift style mm, more than sure. likely so like like you said about two months um and, and i don't know if i overstep but what do you what have you heard through the grapevine that's public knowledge about the team you know the season all the good stuff that, that the general public wants to know yeah so I mean, we're preparing as if we're going to play September 5th against Bowling Green. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to take a positive approach. We're going to prepare for all of our opponents um, and give them the respect that they deserve. And if, if ultimately it's decided that the, the season needs to shift or um, somebody – contracts the virus and needs a quarantine and what that looks like we're just going to have to to adjust as we go but roll with we're, we're right now we're preparing as if we're going to play uh in the horseshoe on september 5th awesome um i had a question but i totally forgot it <laughs> <laughs> um anything else for the the buckeye nation or anybody else um i know we've been talking a lot about your background i just thought it was kind of a neat i mean you've, you've been through a tremendous amount of stuff. It was really cool. So I was like, oh, we can talk about all that. And it took a little longer than I expected. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, no problem. It's a neat, and I know with the compliance, I know a buddy of mine, uh, one of my best friends from college, I saw him on the mall. I was going to a, um, the bus for a track meet. So we're talking like 7 a.m. And I'm like, 
where are you going, Joe? He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go take the LSATs. I'm going to be a lawyer. Like, <laughs> it's like our junior year, dude. What do you mean you're going to get, be a lawyer? Like, yeah, I thought about it. I'm just going to go be a lawyer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he took it and <laughs> He just took it and passed. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, man. He's, he's up in Cleveland as a really big shot lawyer. I think he's a partner somewhere. But <laughs> it's like, oh, that's just odd. You know, someone could just switch <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, I want to be a lawyer now. Okay. <laughs> But I Too like the, the compliance side, and plus where you've been, uh, uh, the the best picture. And I'll have to put it on uh, when we post it. The picture of your ring collection. Huh. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I think I gotta do a little bit of an update one. Well, we haven't gotten uh, this past year. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, we have, I'm assuming we'll get a Big Ten championship at least. Right. Um, they typically try to sneak in there the the team up north stuff, because no. <laughs> um, that's what we do. Right. Um, do you, so do you have? I don't know like how far they go with it. Do you have a pair of golden pants? My wife does. My wife has two pair. Nice. So that so that's kind of uh, the 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 staff side of it. So the player side of it is you're supposed to give your first pair to your mom, okay, and then keep every other pair. On the staff side, it's. Um, give them to your wife kind of like the military <laughs> like they, they promote your wife or your yeah, spouse one, yeah. one higher than you <laughs> right that's um, she should make them into earrings that would be awesome like nah. <laughs> I, I, you kind of do like yeah what are those yeah you, you know what these are you know what they are <laughs> yeah no so yeah so yeah i've got i've got some pretty nice stuff like i said um we had three three football conference championships at troy a couple of bowl games there uh, at Auburn, SEC championship in football, uh, national runner-up, obviously. Uh, I was I'm also about that one. <laughs> right. I do actually have a national championship ring from Auburn's equestrian team. So oh. Auburn equestrian won the national championship when I was there, and what, what they were really equestrian? cool. <laughs> right. They're an amazing program. Um, I so we got that, a couple of bull watches. Um, Florida State got got a few rings, uh, ACC championship, a uh, couple of bowls there. Got the got the awesome state championship ring from oh. the 15 season, I think it was. Okay. Um, where they did a ring to commemorate the fact that they had beaten the U and the Gators. Um, oh, sure. I so many I years in a row. Like they were the ones that so, beat everybody in the state. Yeah, so the state champs. Uh, That's so got that one, and obviously now I'm, I'm, I've got a, a couple of Big Ten championships and so a few watches. So you started your Ohio State championship trophy case, right? At, at yeah. home, <laughs> they're literally like all in my safe. <laughs> <laughs> I, Locked I up. wear I wear the most recent one at home when when I'm working for home football games. There you so go. So I wear whatever the most recent one is. You don't and then outcast that, it. Like outcast with all the rings on his fingers. Right. <laughs> Excuse me, these are all mine. Yeah, sorry. I mean, and it's funny too because I got big hands. I mean, you're like me. We're, we're linemen, so we got right. linemen hands. And so, like, people will look at the ring like, oh my gosh. I'm like, well, yeah, but relatively speaking, like, when you put <laughs> it on the hand. It's a size 12 like, or 13. It's a like. 13. Like, <laughs> it's going to be big. <laughs> so, yeah. Funny. So, all right, one last thing before we get going, and I, I, it's kind of off topic. Give me the, the best thing you've ever gotten from, like, a swag bag 
from like a bowl game or a championship, something to do with that. Ooh. Best thing you've ever gotten. Best thing I've ever gotten on a swag. So I mean, I'm assuming aside from like the rings and that we right, just talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so when I was at Troy, we played in the New Orleans Bowl, and it was the I believe the 10th anniversary for the New Orleans Bowl, and they gave, uh, if you remember, the um, i iPod touches. Okay. Which was obviously kind of a big deal at that point. Like this yeah. is like. 2009 or 2010 so like that was that was pretty cool especially like at the time like that was kind of a big deal because that was really like iPhones weren't what they are now and um, so that was that was a really cool one Um, what else have we gotten we've gotten some some pretty cool stuff most of the time to be honest with you the the family ends up with the really good stuff oh really yeah, Florida State. The year we played in the Orange Bowl, they um, they actually made they got jerseys made of all of the staff member for all the staff members' kids with their names on the back. Oh, that is cool. So like my son uh, Mason, like it's got his it's it's a sixteen jersey with Kumi on the back because it was the sixteen season. Oh, that's too cool. Um, it's like a game ready jersey. It wasn't. I mean, let's or, like let's slow 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 down there, Eric. So, okay. I, hey, I'm, I'm, you but said it was a really jersey great. for the kid. <laughs> it was really great for yeah, yeah. jersey for the kid. Um, so that's. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've gotten. I mean, I've gotten some some actual like swag where there's a there is a a fleece a quarter zip fleece from that same season with Florida State that's got the Orange Bowl logo on the sleeve, but on the back like at the neck on the back has got three tomahawks like the helmet stickers oh cool embroidered in it so that's that's a really cool one um and then there's always a there's always a kind of a thing here a thing there i i got a a long sleeve tee from ohio state that's got the silver bullets logo on the front that's that's one of my favorites being a being a defensive guy, of course, um, those <laughs> yep. are my dudes. Right. So there's there's been some some pretty cool things along yeah. the way. Yeah. I don't know if I want to get too much into it. Somebody might try to rob my house. Yeah, right. Uh, he, he doesn't live around this time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we've, yeah. we just went over the hour and a half mark, but I, I appreciate your time, sir. I know it's kind of valuable being working with the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming on, and uh, maybe we can have you on a little bit later and talk a little bit about the season if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd love to, to do that and maybe get into a couple more of the the stories, you know, a little bit less about me, a little bit about what I've seen, what I've done. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we just spent an hour and a half talking. I didn't even talk about Justin Fields. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> how I, how I, I broke the NCAA's transfer system. Oh yeah, we'll definitely have to do one just like that. <laughs> There's I'm your liking teaser. this man. <laughs> Check yeah. back in for that episode later on this season.